Hi and welcome to Awaken Your Inner Wisdom. I'm Sissy Williams and in this episode you'll meet the lovely Deborah Stanley, who's a womb shaman and spirit keeper of the wild feminine. Debs will share with us how her journey into the feminine path began, what the queen codes are, and how we can journey with the Celtic will to tune into the wisdom of our womb. She also takes you on an incredible shamanic journey into your womb, where you begin to tune into the maiden, mother, queen, and crone energies within you. So let's head over to this interview now with Deborah Stanley. Hi, Debs. Thank you so much for coming to us today. I am absolutely delighted and honored that you are here. I love what you share. I have listened to many of your shamanic journeys, and I think the wisdom that you're sharing is absolutely exquisite and so needed at our time. So thank you for being here. Real pleasure. I'm really honored to be here and, yeah, humbled to be able to I think it's speak with you and just share more of this medicine that's needing to come through for people. How did your journey into developing this medicine of being a womb shaman and a spirit keeper of the wild feminine, how did it begin? How did it unfold? Because I know, <laughs> I know that in order for you to embody this, you would have been on a very, very deep journey. Oh, yes. Thank you, Sissy. Yeah, for the intrepid explorers, I would say some of this definitely deep, deep. And and I and I can sort of look at myself and, you know, know that I put my hand up. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll come back. I'll come back to planet Earth and I'll take that on and I'll, you know, and, and some of the some of the stuff, the density that we're working through is, is hard work, is lonely, is heavy. So I think it's all about initiations and the initiation of childbirth, becoming a mother was massive for me. I, I think I'd spent, you know, sort of 10, 12 years really what I thought honing my craft, but actually it was all very much up here in those mm -hmm. top three chakras and not embodied, you know, there wasn't much going on down here. And my, my, her story, I, I was at a convent boarding school, you know, we ate shame for breakfast and we, you know, there was no, you, there was nowhere to take your feelings and to be heard and feel held in that. So I'd sort of lived my life with this coping strategy and that started to unravel around my Saturn return, but it was really motherhood, I think, that forced me to come into my body. And I was living off grid through the seasons, whereas previously Debs had always been <laughs> loving the summer and every autumn, every winter, I'd be plotting and planning to, you know, get the hell out and I'd be off to Argentina, helping set up retreats and, you know, working as a healer and a, you know, whatever, training India, Canada, wherever I was, you know, it was, it was not in cold, wet, damp England. And yet living in the woods, literally chopping wood as I was breastfeeding my babies, while birthing my babies, that whole experience, but, you know, actually living through the seasons in the snow, you know, cooking on a, on a, on a, a hob and a, and a clay oven, you know, cooking for all the volunteers that, that used to come and work in the woods and things. And really 
I didn't realize it at the time, but I was coming because I had an early menopause. So I was coming into perimenopause at the same time as sort of, you know, <laughs> up to my eyeballs and in breastfeeding. But really, yeah, the hormones were sort of coming in thick and fast. But what I could really see, and I, and I really took that from my time in Argentina, working very shamanically, was that there was such an imbalance in the ancestral templates of the land where I was living. And it was this very masculine doing. Everything was about that pile of logs, if you know what I mean. And, and there, was, there was not much in between. And, and the land felt barren of the feminine. And I guess my first instinct was to kind of like go head on, like Oberon and Titania, like to sort of hold my ground and, you know, bring the feminine piece in. And, and I was bringing it in through the children, through birthing, through pregnancy, through that journey. But I was doing it in quite a sort of, you know, head on, step into battle way. There was a kind of inner Bodicea at work. And really what the land was calling for was to be honored in the feminine. So that the the yin, the magic, the fairy folk, the devas could, and I can feel a tingle now, you know, just, just that so that when a tree was cut down for coppicing or whatever, that you would honor the life of that tree and speak to that tree before you cut it down. There was just a, a deep dishonoring, I think, that was being practiced very unconsciously. You know, there's, there's no blame or shame there, but it was just those energies, those energies that were being yeah perpetuated and i later discovered that you know there had been a witch persecution on the land and so my bringing the voice of the feminine to the party was deeply unwelcome you know to to even suggest bringing hammocks and rest and women's circles you know it was uh it caused such a a stink of resistance and I battled and battled and then, and I kept getting this, you know, don't back down, don't back down, but I just couldn't find the way to be with it. And actually during that time, I started my work with Saren and Azra Bertrand, who authored Womb Awakening. And I ended up doing four years with them. You know, Saren was a friend. She was like, come and do this thing. I was like, what? You know, so I didn't have a, like a womb her story. I didn't have endometriosis. I'd had amazing births and easy periods. You know, I wasn't, I wouldn't have signed myself up for that, but it became very clear that I was journeying through this, that actually the, the feeling body of Debs, the feminine body, and particularly the, the headquarters of that, the womb, hadn't had a look in and had been very disempowered. And I was living this life where the role of the feminine was very, you know, dishonored, I guess and not appreciated. And so I realized that there was this barren wasteland within me in terms of the feminine. And I was absolutely terrified of her, really. And I kind of ran around in circles, Sissy, <laughs> trying to avoid it. And even, even, you know, some of the practices were around yoni steaming. I guess all that convent shame, you know, I couldn't get to it. I know I had my excuses, you know, it was like I was living off grid and it was children and fires to tend and, you know, life's life is slow when you're living off grid and, and things and the Wi-Fi wasn't great and all those excuses. But ultimately it was a, it was like a sort of, you know, a self-sabotage that was really sort of trying to keep me safe from the dark feminine, from the wild feminine. And I feel that really through my, just through the transmission, 
because I didn't get to a lot of the practices. It was really hard to even do the apprenticeship, but I was in the soup of it. And something just started to massively undo the weaving of the protection and the armor. And rather than, I, I'm ashamed to say, on some of my first retreats, when I finally got to run retreats, you know, when the kids were a bit older and I was able to, you know, step in and go, I'm running a retreat. I'd have women with a double-headed ax throwing it at a kind of big wooden plaque with their intentions, you know, with mud smeared on their faces, like kind of warriors. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, now I would be doing, you know, spirals and labyrinths with women washing each other's feet and, you know, just a very different feel. But I guess that was, that was my old tomboy self and the, the snake skin of that was being shed as this beautiful feminine essence was being uh, the fire of that was being, you know, lit in my heart and, and in my womb. And I think everything that I was doing from the way that I mothered, the way that I, you know, I was working as a healer, my healing practice, my yoga teaching, the, the red tents, the conscious dance, all the things that we were then hosting in this wood became really enshaktified, you know, my whole life got shaktified. And with that came this massive, and I, and I think it was with perimenopause, just that opening of an, an elevating of consciousness to really what, what we've been putting up with and what we've made okay and what we've been conditioned with. And it was about tempering the, the furnace and the fire and the anger around that. And I did experience, I remember in some of those perimenopause days, <laughs> white hot dragon anger. It's like, I didn't know what to do with all this, like this feeling. But having gone through my own sort of, you know, yeah, deep, dark night of the soul with that and left the woods and moved back to Devon and really lost myself, you know, that like that selkie tail. I'd had my sort of my, my skin taken and it was about coming home to tribe, but really finding myself. And from a place of real humility, really, of like, you know, who am I and what do I have to offer? And feeling very lost. I just started to follow the threads and really started to ask for, pray for, and begin to feel my way around sharing my magic that had been in that cauldron and it probably took about four years of not really being able to do anything, actually, when I'd left the woods. It was all quite of a, a big deal. But to really, yeah, that, that inanimate, that, that selkie tale of, of losing myself and then coming back home to myself with a really deep knowledge of this is who I am and no one's going to put my light out and I know why I'm here and I'm a good person and I have good intentions, to be able to, yeah, just, just open to the gifts that came through. And then, and then quantum womb healing just came through in one of those deep, dark places. It was like, you know, what is my gift that I'm here to share? Because previously, Sissy, I think I'd just played very small without really owning that. I'd, I'd sort of thought I'd stuck my flag in, you know, my career with, you know, what I was doing and my travels and all the glamour of that. But actually, this was a very different journey. It was about going really deep inwards and being with those uncomfortable parts of myself and, and past traumas and 
the stuff that your ego runs rings around to try and keep you safe from, you know, actually really exploring. And I did it in a very beautiful way. I, I found quantum healing and I, and I feel that that has just come through so that I can guide women now into their womb space and using the, the ancient maps and, and layering on some new versions of these maps, allowing women to go within and rather than seeking all those answers outside of themselves, allow them to go within and to really acknowledge that there are just as like we have meridians in the body, there are channels, pathways of energetics in the womb and very, very powerful nodes, portals that have been a bit sort of clogged up really with, as we know from epigenetics, intergenerational trauma, been a bit clogged up, mostly not with our own personal stuff, but that on top for sure, but, but way back, way back. And so when we start to work with clearing these templates, stuff just starts to happen. People just start to blossom and flower in the most gorgeous ways. And I just feel passionately that the womb bearers are going to be the ones who, because they have that, that blueprint of the lunar phase of the earth cycle deep within them. And they, they are the shamans who work with that every month consciously through the different phases of the menstrual cycle, the different phases of, of womanhood. We are here to now show the way and to really embody that medicine and allow other women to light up with their own medicine. And I feel that there's this beautiful reciprocal flower of life, toroidal flow thing that women can really get because we are the space holders. We, we love to sit in circle. You know, we love to share. And I feel that when we're rooted and we've been able to go deep down and clear out some of that old trauma that's blocking us or doing the whole trickster energy number on us, you know, then we can really... Yeah, we can change some big things just by our, just by our frequency, just by our presence. And that's like we're, we're the, the thread of the tapestry. You know, we rise up, we lift our vibration, we clean up those old, you know, templates and the whole tapestry elevates. And that's not just our ancestral line and our, you know, our downlines and our community and our tribe and our collective, but actually we become like this beautiful crystalline vessel that's a clear channel for the light that is streaming onto the planet right now but the light is returning and we become the vessel for that to then come through our bodies and into the earth grids so that mother earth can receive that mm. and her wounds and her trauma can be you know transmuted and and she can ascend and as she ascends more of those codes come through so we we are shifting and, and it will get faster and faster, I think, and more, and more, yeah, more magical. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously we can see it's like a quickening happening because it's, uh, it's coming to its head in a way. Just want to backtrack a little bit because I find it so fascinating that what you were resisting the most when you just wanted to be in summer and so you wanted to go away during the darker months and also resisting doing some of the practices and coming up with all these excuses. It's yeah. like you were then resisting where your deepest medicine, your deepest magic, your deepest power and gifts are that you now are sharing. 
And I think that is so common that often where we actually have our deepest medicine is what we resist the most because it's like that deep fear, perhaps. Absolutely. Ancestral, cultural, mm. or what will happen to me <laughs> when I step into that. And it may also be that there are other energies in play that would like us to have that fear. <laughs> so we don't step into that. So obviously the birth of your children was one of those catalysts that helped you become more embodied. So you journeyed more into that and the same living through the seasons when you couldn't go away, <laughs> you had to be there because your children were there as well. But can you remember if there were any kind of pivotal moments where you were faced with that old choice of running away, of avoiding, and instead you chose to go deeper? What a beautiful question. Um, I think really I was like on that sort of hamster wheel running, you know, running adrenal overload, you know, even though I was living the off grid life, I was on a trajectory towards big burnout. Mm. And it was part of that, you know, the mother archetype in that stage of, of womanhood where you're giving and serving and there's that people pleasing that so many of us were brought up with the conditioning of that of wanting to be liked and you know wanting to give and and not being able to receive and i think really when i left and i left very suddenly sort of overnight it was quite traumatic i left with nothing and i had to cut the cord so there was such a deep severance from me and the land you know, the land where I birthed my babies, buried my placentas, tended the land, you know, nourished the land. And it felt like a betrayal. Had I betrayed the land? Had the land betrayed me? You know, it was all of that. But the journey back home to myself through that, it was like there was no choice to continue being Debs, the old Debs, and doing it that way. And I'm a stubborn Taurus and I think I'd just been like, I'm just going to keep going here. And it was almost like mother nature just picked me up and said, no, you're not. There was like a soul contract that I had finished and completed there with the land, with that relationship. And then it was like, she, she brought me back to Devon to, to learn how to receive and to take that medicine of not, you know, jumping ship every time the the winds changed and it started to get a bit more yin and we're heading into that dark stage of the year and the same way for myself you know not just using those those numbing strategies of being on the screen or shopping or you know eating or, or whatever it might be that we kind of just we've got a feeling it's a bit uncomfortable let's do the thing that makes us not feel the feeling you know it was i had to sissy just absolutely be with myself so it wasn't one pivotal moment because actually when I left I think I was just in complete freeze I mean there wasn't even a fright or flight in me <laughs> I was in complete freeze for about nine months but there was this and I think yeah maybe even even a year and it was actually now I'm thinking about it it was it was my last bleed so it was just you know, about a year and, and, a, and 15 months after I'd left it was my last bleed where it was almost like she was like, and now we're done with that. And now you're going to start to hold your gold inside you. And wow. 
So you really yeah, were called sorry. through the menopause initiation of stepping into like the queen in you to start to get to know the queen in you. Yes. Instead yeah. of just giving, 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 giving. And it is what you're sharing as well. We're going to dive into the topic of the queen codes, but it really was that initiation. Oh, really yeah. Her. Wow. And yeah. And, and so I would say, you know, when you, yeah. your first question was about what started, there was the initiation of birth, but actually the initiation of menopause has been like the biggest, the grandest initiation of all for me personally. And I feel it really can be for many women. I well, agree 100%. It was yeah, one yeah, of the biggest ones for me. Yeah, is. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I thought I was really on track, you know, with my spiritual path, all the things. And I can see now that there, there was a degree of, of arrogance, really, and, and that I, I really thought I can heal the world and do my thing and la la la. But actually, I was avoiding, I was doing that whole thing of looking out and looking what I could heal for other people. And meanwhile, just getting very busy with that in order to avoid looking at what needed tending in my own garden, in my own womb garden. And so, yeah, that last bleed really was the, the pivotal point of stepping into to queen, to self-care, to clear badass boundaries, to being kind to myself, to accepting myself, not and having lived off grid and sort of put up with so much, I would say, hardship, but I don't want to sound like I was a victim. I freaking loved it. I was such a wild witch in the woods, but you know, life is tough when you're in the breastfeeding a tiny baby and you know, your partner's got swine flu and you're snowed in and you, you know, you can't even get the ax out of the log to, to split the wood, you know, all of that. It's like you're faced with life in different ways, but I kind of sought that. I sought the hard way. I sought the, I sought to push and to prove myself in that very masculine way. And actually, when we weave with those energetics of the masculine and feminine, we can really come into resonance with, you know, whichever one hasn't been alive for you. Some people are really in their badassery and, and stuff, but they haven't been able to be in their feminine. It hasn't felt safe to be in their feminine because they haven't experienced, you know, someone holding space for your emotions, support, being able to receive and even though I could hold a safe space for women, and I'd been doing that, you know, since I, I had a Buddhist practice and I was immediately shoved into, you know, this role of responsibility. And all of that was like, I'd, I'd always sort of shunned responsibility and shunned being in the limelight or being the person who was responsible or women's circles. I mean, all of it was, was very much, I had this cellular, like, you know, just complete anxiety about anything like that because I, my own witch persecution, I guess, was was coming and it was like I could feel it from way back you know and I've done all past life regressions and you know timelines and stuff I, I I know it and feel it intimately that wound but I was just doing a great job of trying to avoid it so yeah the initiation of menopause I think really just has has brought me home to myself and the gold within myself and the queen embodiment I would have probably had her down as a sort of imperial figure or hard-hearted or ice cold all that badass you know push push and actually the the queen that I have met in myself and feel that I am stewarding and midwifing as a as a new code in these ancient womb maps and 
for women is the the queen who holds the queendom of shimmering light sound and color you know there's a beautiful magnetic soft gracious strength and courage that she holds and she's beautiful and and she has a place at the table we're not gonna go maid and mother crone and miss her out thank you very much you know she's been ostracized you know the whole magdalene story is all this she, she's been written out of history it's like you go from mother and then as soon as you're not useful and your ovaries aren't you know ticking along and you're producing babies you're you're a wizened old crone and you're you're kind of useless and we've sort of brought that in haven't we of of like well menopause you're you're redundant, you're not useful anymore. But actually, you know, as many of us are getting to really experience, my goodness, the power that we can feel when we really consciously work through our old patterns and lineage, you know, templates, all of that, and anchor a new template into the earth through our initiation with menopause. It's like, we are the bringers of the dawn. We are the ones holding the frequency templates and the codes because we've journeyed there. We've done that heroine's journey and we've survived <laughs> and we're trailing our sort of, you know, snake skins. And yeah, we've got the twinkle in our eye, but we've also still got the energy mm. to be able to implement and lead and show the way, but hopefully some wisdom too. Yeah. It's a little bit like Inanna. When she's ascending, she's deeply transformed. She puts on all her old stuff, but she's so different and she's still the queen. Yeah. But now she's the queen of heaven and the darkness and the earth. And it's that full embodiment. It's so beautiful that many more are starting to share that menopause truly is an initiation. And it makes me sometimes a little bit cross when a lot of the sharing is more about, oh, just take HRT. You know, stay in your useful bloom. And I'm like, actually, <laughs> there is such an incredible portal that you are being invited to journey through that will transform you inside out, awaken what I feel is like the Norse sagas talk about the ancient witch within wood, within you, within your core, that your body knows how to do <laughs> if we allow it. And so I think it's wonderful that you are sharing this because it gives um, a map for others I think that so. we have yeah. this within us. We don't have to just be eternally young. <laughs> you know, there's more to life than that. Absolutely. And to really sort of own your, own your homecoming, own your mm. wrinkles, own your gray hair. You know, I've got this whole streak here and I'm like, I earn every one of those strands. <laughs> and yeah, as you say, not, not reaching for the pill that's going to try and block what's naturally or override or make you not feel the feels of what's actually happening. And we, we have that through menstruation, you know, it's, it's like if your menstruation gives you some discomfort or pain, we all too easily would take, you know, some kind of pill to stop your sensory, you know, feeling of that. We don't want to feel the pain. We don't. And we are so attached to being, and because we are conditioned, we are so conditioned, then it's not revered, is it, to be in your kind of, you know, post-menopause queen energy. It's like the mother who's fertile and the maiden and all of that. That's what's, you know, upheld in our society at large as being, you know, of value and, you know, 
to be put on the pedestal, but my goodness, she's going to take a tumble if she doesn't wise up and start tending to her roots and, you know, being at least open to this journey of homecoming. Yeah. And I feel women can, around this time, experience lots of nudges from the universe. You know, there's there's illness, there's relationship, you know, separation, there's you know, car crashes, literally metaphorical and physical that might happen in your life to actually shake you by the boots. And, and, and I experienced that huge, you know, crisis really to really sort of shake me up and make me see what it was. I was so desperately trying to avoid and therefore bring the medicine through and evolve myself and root myself and yeah, just feel the sweet glory of, of my own homecoming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I understand that some people, you know, maybe the absolutely the right thing for them to take HRT. For me, I have a blood disorder. I certainly couldn't take it anyway. And I wouldn't take it because I like to be following my body's own natural guidance. But the conversation out there is so skewed in just one way that if you don't take HRT, then you're going to get Alzheimer's, you're going to be really depressed and you won't enjoy sex and all of that that is there. And also, and the way they promote it is then you have better hair and better skin. And I'm like, well, who cares actually if I've got better hair and better skin? And it is so skewed. And it, instead it's this deep, deep, real awakening, homecoming, mm -hmm. like you say, it's such a beautiful word because it really does feel like a homecoming that is just there waiting for you. As you move through that portal, I mean, who wouldn't want to come home to their own power and their own magic and their own wisdom to really own it again, feel it again, embody it again? Who wouldn't want to have that? And, and as you're describing that, Sissy, I'm really like the image of birth even. It's like it is a it's a rebirth. Yeah, absolutely. And, you, know, you know, it's almost like I'm stuck in the birth canal. Give me the drugs. Give me the drugs. You know, and it's like. <laughs> stop stop let's go back it's like no the baby's coming like the the gold is coming and you you can either surrender and just really nourish yourself and and see what's being flagged up that needs tending in your inner garden your feminine garden your womb garden you know whatever metaphorical garden you want to be working with but see what needs tending and do that inner work or and like i was doing for several years you know be in complete avoidance and denial of that and wait for life circumstances to actually completely, you know, put you in a position where you have no choice but to look at that and then start to really listen. And yeah. Yeah. And of course, even in that moment, though, you still had the choice to not listen if you would have chosen that. You could have just taken whatever and blamed whatever and just kept on going and going and going and becoming more and more and more numb. Yeah. Yeah. And we do see that, or like you chose to let it take you on a journey of awakening, of deep healing, deep transformation. And you say you that was the only choice you had, and probably because it was your calling. You mm -hmm. heard her call you, I would think, just like in an hour, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's like you are coming home, my daughter, because there yeah, is more work really. for you to do. But you have to go through this first because this is what you're here to share. So that may be why it's then felt 
because I felt the same. I felt also I I knew I had a choice, but it's like I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> it's like I can see the two choices. But like actually, I'm not going to go for that one. I'm going to go for that one because this is the only one that felt authentic and mm. aligned. And and I'm so glad I did because it's it's been one of the most pivotal, amazing portals I've ever been through, apart from as you as same for you, childbirth. Childbirth for me just transformed me. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. you are suddenly realizing, oh, I'm growing roots. <laughs> you know, I traveled around Asia. I travel constantly. <laughs> and suddenly you have a child and you go, oh, <laughs> I can't just pack up and leave, you know. I actually have to develop some stability here. <laughs> it was yeah. so weird and also so needed. Yeah. I love that. Whenever I used to come back from my travels, people would say automatically, where are you off to next? And I'd be like, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> Surely come around to autumn, I'd be like, oh, I'm just, you know, off again. Yeah, yeah it's so funny. I came actually, I came back to study. Uh, so I started studying uh, osteopathy in London when I was 25. So I had done travel between 18 and 25 and just been a hippie, really. Uh, wonderful. <laughs> and I got really bored after a while. But when I then lived in London, I studied there for four years. <laughs> I still moved 27 times around London with my rucksack <laughs> and my, you know, black bin liners. I was still that restless gypsy. And I met my husband in my final year. And and it just, and we got married very quickly and then had a, and a baby. And that was kind of the meeting of two opposing forces. He'd been yeah. abroad twice. <laughs> and I obviously been like this. And it was that anchoring that I needed. I still resisted it and fought it for quite a long time. That restless energy is quite hard to yeah. unhook yourself from. Well, I think my experience was that I was I was 38 and 39 when I had my two children. So and I had been, you know, tripping around footloose and fancy free for a very long time. So actually when it came to it, there was a part of me that was actually just so deeply grateful to be able to just wear my babies in the sling, chop the wood, you know, really anchor in because I was living yeah. in this. Wood. It was like my roots just went into yeah. the earth. And it was, I, I just completely... I did have my moments, you know, I'd, I'd sort of, we were quite near Glastonbury, I'd sort of run off to Glastonbury tour with a baby or, you know, and run <laughs> up the tour and do stuff. And it was only like five weeks old, but I, you know, I, I had my moments of wanting to try and run, try and do my thing, but it was actually incredibly good for me yeah. to just really sink down and, and start to calm. <laughs> the yeah. And also I, I reflected upon this a little while ago that it was only then through the rooting and later through the descent that I actually became effective. Not effective from my head, mm. but actually effective in my creations. Because before that, it had nowhere to root. It had no kind of it couldn't stay <laughs> almost like the energy the energy can't flow down can exactly. it exactly it's just it up here yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and I used to see it as almost like my base chakra was so unrooted that 
if you imagine the roots have been pulled up and then my sacral chakra, you know, the water chakra was like this basin that was just like overflowing with emotion and water that had, and that was getting stagnant, that wasn't being, you know, it couldn't flow through those roots down into the earth. So there was I this layer of just realizing that the, the waters and the earth were kind of very out of alignment in my system and that, that this just, the, the waters were not flowing in terms of the giving and the receiving and in terms of just the, the being able to be with the feelings. It was like, I just, you know, hold on, hold on, hold on. But actually once those roots started to sink down into the earth, the water had somewhere to flow. And it was like, mm. oh, okay. You know, yeah. I can, I can be with that. I can let it flow through me. I can surrender and, you know, get myself out the way. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. So would you mind sharing some of the beautiful things that you're teaching? So we've been talking about the queen codes, but you work also with this deep womb wisdom and the Celtic wheel of the year. So would you mind taking us through a little bit of that map? Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. It's a Celtic feminine mystery school. So it's a it's a 13 moon, but I, I, I call it a four seasons, a womb awakening, four seasons apprenticeship. And really it's for women who are already on the path of womb awakening and who are maybe space holders, yoni steam practitioners, womb massage therapists, Vedic astrologers, womb astrologers. You know, it, it's like it attracts women who are already quite deeply in their path and some that haven't quite, you know, done those, tended those, you know, roots yet. But we, we basically, the design is that it, it's there to help you really heal your womb space and step into leadership as a womb shaman through your embodiment of your womb wisdom and your womb healing. And this idea that we really have so much stagnant and stuck energy in our sacral chakra, in our womb space, and particularly around these portals of maiden, mother, queen, crone, you know, the elemental grids within the womb of earth, fire, air, water. When we can clear the, the stuck energy and really open up the gifts of that, something really magical happens with our embodiment. And so I designed this container and, and really taking that absolute, you know, initiation that I experienced of living through the seasons and, and seeing how important it was to, you know, not just going from, you know, summer to spring, summer to spring, summer to spring, but to really live out that seasonal contraction expansion cycle. So we use the, the Celtic wheel and the seasons to be able to reclaim our womanhood rites of passage. So in spring, you've got imbolc, which is like the threshold into spring. You're not quite feeling it, but, you know, the sap is beginning to rise and the light is beginning to return. So at imbolc and the next portal, which is the spring equinox, Ostara, we're looking at your maiden codes. And so it starts in January in the Northern Hemisphere and in, you know, July, August in the Southern Hemisphere, depending on where you live. So you can do either one. and we're looking at reclaiming your rite of passage of your own birth, your own conception, your own birth, your own gestation, and weaving that back into wholeness and working with your womb and your womb wisdom that it's full spectrum. We do embodiment practices, there's lives, there's sharing, there's sister circles, there's sacred crafting, 
there's conscious dancing. Um, it's, you know, a hybrid. So some of it's live, some of it is self-paced and there's a beautiful rhythm to it. So after we've done a sort of, you know, a spiral with one portal around the Celtic festival and we move into the next one, we have a sacred pause. So you have time to compost just as we do in nature, you know, you have time to compost and integrate. And then the next spiral for the maiden codes in spring is uh, sacred menarch. So it's really reweaving those stories around your own menarch. And for some, they've done masses of work on this, but there's something about the quantum womb healing that I stewarded through that really just leaves no stone unturned. And we, and we work with the elements as well. So each week you're in a different element, looking at that life passage and those templates within you through a different lens of each of the elements. And then we move into summer and we're working with mother. So we're going using Beltane as the initiation of uh, your sacred sexuality. So we have uh, sacred Aphrodite reclaiming that and any of the wounds around that, any of the shutdown, um, any of the old patterns and stories. And then we move into Litha, so the height of summer in, in mother, mother lover, we call it. And that's all about sacred union. So it's sacred union within yourself in terms of the masculine, feminine sacred union with your beloved or calling in a beloved. And so we do a whole load of practices around that. And those are the very yang stages of, of the apprenticeship, the, the first two seasons. And then we start to withdraw a little bit as we move into Lamas and we work with the, the queen codes of sacred abundance. So this wealth, this wealth of your body, your queendom, relationship wealth, health wealth, money wealth, the wealth of ritual, really sort of harnessing your ability to make ritual a deep part of, of your life. And then we move into uh, sacred leadership at Mabon at the autumn equinox, and we're still in Queen. And this is where women start to really journey with and identify as a womb shaman the womb shaman who does EFT, the womb shaman who does Ayurveda, the womb shaman who, you know, it's, it's like people are really starting to see how the purification of their womb codes over that sort of nine months has actually really started to flower and blossom. And they're enjoying the harvest, the autumn harvest of this deep dive. And then we journey through uh, towards winter. So using Sawen as the, the threshold into winter. We use that really with the sort of theme, you know, of Sawen as the reclaiming your feminine magic by healing the witch wounds, the persecution wounds. So this is called sacred vocation. So it's about just bringing online those, those templates within you that can allow you to, rather than battling your way, trying to, you know, work out funnels and sales pages and all that kind of thing, if you're doing it online or, or attracting your crowd, it's almost like it just sort of seems to clear things so that you are a vibrational match for the work to just start to flow out of you and you're not running on those survival patterns of what if I get taken out? What if I get cast out of my clan? Which is very much, you know, underpins a lot of that, you know, the witch wound patterns within, within us. And then we, the final one is sacred wisdom. So it's really about um, harnessing your inner hedge witch, your cosmic witch, you know, just really sort of seeing yourself, coming home to yourself. The, the crone is very much the, the sweet homecoming seeing yourself as a wisdom keeper, as a spirit keeper, attuning to the, the plant and animal queendoms, attuning to 
the earth and your place in the earth on the earth and your place in the cosmos and really using that whole map of the year as a as the same map that we see in the lunar phases with the waxing full waning dark moon and within the menstrual cycle so you have your inner spring summer autumn winter but rather than just knowledge you know knowing the facts of that and working with the templates of that i think where this apprenticeship is really different is that through the quantum womb healing and and through the sisterhood aspect of it you know they they go off on their own and they create their own sister circles and they meet once a month and they really kind of you know go deep with stuff and we meet every week and they're held by a womb guide and and go into their womb and hear the voice of their womb and they make time for you know, creating sacred space and coming into their bodies and journaling and hearing the wisdom of their womb around what, whichever theme it is. And then these quantum womb healings that just go, they're laser, they just go straight to it. There's like a deep purification that happens so that when they're holding space for other women, they're not triggered by, by another woman's trauma. And that woman isn't going to be triggered by unresolved trauma that they're holding in their womb space. So it's deep. And what's been amazing is, is just literally seeing in the container, every woman stepping in and claiming herself and coming home to herself and things just opening up for her. And some were a bit more savvy with their queen codes. So they thought, but hadn't done the kind of, you know, the maiden journey. And some were really savvy with the, the maiden journey, but hadn't, hadn't a clue about the, the queen codes. And so there's just been this wonderful weaving and dance of, you know, women all around the globe, just, yeah, spiraling with each other, with themselves, and also really honoring that, you know, the investment that they made has started to really blossom and bloom in their lives. And they're seeing that when they invest in themselves, they fill up with their own medicine. It's their own self-healing that comes online. And then others start to benefit from that. And then it gifts itself right back. So they're, they're saying yes to themselves and then life is saying yes to them. And ultimately, there's this massive cleanup of their ancestral threads and their body templates that allow them to then just be a beautiful vessel for light to come through and, and heal the earth grid. So it's a deep dive and it's been absolutely just such joy to witness and hold wow. space for Yeah. Wow, it sounds amazing, actually. Would you mind taking us through a shamanic journey? Because your shamanic journeys are beautiful. And I always feel that one of the best ways for us to really know the medicine that you're teaching is to experience it. So totally, I'd love to. It's, it's the journeying that I have come to understand is the true gift that allows you to enjoy your own medicine. So hopefully this will yeah be a beautiful experience for the listeners so i'll journey you into your your womb mandala for you to hear the voice of your womb and experience the medicine that your womb is wanting to share with you and so just to say if you if you don't have a, a full womb or you don't have a womb you still have the energetic blueprint of your womb of the womb space within you and um, you may also like to refer to it as your hara your hara so i'll be saying the word womb 
but you can just um, receive that in whichever way it feels aligned for you. So just inviting you first to take a deep breath, just breathe in, just allow yourself to register a shift as we start to journey within and exhale. And then you might like to squeeze all the muscles of your body, tense, 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 screw up your eyes, fingers, face, and then open your eyes, open your mouth, stick your tongue out and exhale. <sighs> Beautiful. Just roll your head from side to side, roll your shoulders back, maybe just spiraling over your hips, or if you're lying down, just stretching the left, right side of your body. And again, just taking a beautiful deep breath in and then out. Beautiful. So I'm gonna guide you on a journey where we're just gonna anchor your body templates through your womb, down into the earth grids, down into Gaia's womb, and then connect with the cosmic womb so that you can feel yourself as part of this beautiful trinity between your womb, Gaia's womb, and the cosmic womb. And then I'll journey you into the nine sacred portals of the womb. And through the cosmic womb in the center, you will enter your womb garden and experience, hopefully, some of your own medicine. Medicine that your womb is wanting to share with you. So as you're breathing, just start to form some form of inquiry, some sacred intention. Maybe there's something, some issue that's alive for you now in your life that you would like to really receive your own deep medicine and oracular voice. You'd like to hear what your womb has to say about this. Perhaps there's an experience that you've had as a womb bearer through your journey through womanhood, and that could be your own birth experience, your menarche, around your first sexual experiences, around fertility, maybe you've experienced pregnancy, maybe baby loss, terminations, maybe around your menstrual cycle, perhaps your birth experiences, pregnancies, And then through perimenopause and menopause. So just start to form an inquiry, a question. Imagine that we're going on a vision quest into your womb to hear her medicine. So breathing down into your womb into your pelvis and your root. Deep breath in, releasing as you exhale. Breathing into the velvet darkness of your womb. Breathing into your sacrum, your dragon's tail, your coccyx, 
your pelvic cradle, your hip sockets, your perineum, your yoni lips. And visualizing a beautiful red thread of light, a beam of light extending down from your root down, down into the earth. And feel this beautiful red beam of light merging through the top layers of the soil of the earth beneath you. Merging with the tree roots of the standing ones the guardian trees that have meaning for you. Perhaps trees from your childhood, your travels, your mothering years, your queen years. And just receiving their blessing, strength, protection, honoring, witnessing. Breathe it in. And then journeying on down with this beautiful red beam of light down, down, all the way down through all the layers of the earth, connecting your root all the way down into the core of the earth, into Gaia's womb to the molten rock, lava, magma, liquid iron and feel yourself wrapped around Gaia's womb, wrapping this beautiful red beam of light around Gaia's womb and receiving her medicine, her honouring, her deep love for you acceptance of all that you are, all that you have been through, all that you hold, all that you give, all that you share. Receive it, feel it, breathe it in. And then drawing this beautiful red beam of light back up, spiraling up in a vortex of light, all the way back up through all the layers of the earth and back through past the tree roots and into your yoni, into your womb. Receive it, feel it, breathe it in and feel yourself claimed as a daughter of the earth, a child of the earth, a guardian of the earth. And then visualizing a beautiful golden beam of light from the top of your womb, traveling up your spine, out through your crown, up beyond any ceiling, roof, beyond the Earth's atmosphere, beyond this galaxy, beyond the universe, the multiverse, 
beyond and beyond see this beautiful golden beam of light carrying the codes of your multi-dimensional beingness beyond and beyond to the center of all creation to the cosmic womb of all creation and feel yourself through this beautiful golden beam of light receiving the cosmic codes of creation bathing in the liquid black light of the void and receiving a beautiful message from the cosmic womb Medicine, healing, activation. Receive it, feel it, breathe it in. And then drawing that beautiful golden beam of light all the way back down now, down, down, back down through time and space and spiraling down in through your crown, all the way down your spine and back into your womb. Breathe it in. Beautiful. And feel yourself holding this beautiful trinity between your womb and Gaia's womb. Between your womb cosmic womb and breathe and now as you breathe just bringing your awareness to your moon petals your clitoris and the sacred womb portal of the maiden and the gifts of softness, openness, trust, innocence, playfulness. Breathing into your moon petals and your clitoris, your maiden womb portal and chanting the sacred sound E U E to activate her gifts around your beautiful sacred intention. Inhale. E your awareness inside your yoni to your honey pot, your goddess spot, your g-spot, the sacred womb portal of the mother lover, holding the gifts of juiciness, confidence, wild sensuality, fertility, breathing into your g-spot and chanting the sacred sound 
Una to activate her gifts around your intention. Inhale. Una. 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 Beautiful. And then bringing your awareness to the higher yoni, to the sacred womb portal of the queen. Holding the gifts and codes of strength, sovereignty, leadership, your ability to take up space, have your feminine voice expressed, your inner Magdalene, your magnetism, your magnetism, your shimmering queendom of light, sound and colour. Breathing into your higher yoni and chanting the sacred sound Awun to activate these gifts. Inhale. Awun. Awun. Beautiful. And then bringing your awareness beyond your higher yoni to the queen's crown, the cervix, the cosmic eye, the gatekeeper of your womb. Breathing into your cervix and the gifts of ancient wisdom, magic, alchemy, deep power, transformation, and initiation and chanting the sacred sound Shukara to activate these gifts. Inhale Shukara Shukara Shukara. Beautiful. And then bringing your awareness beyond the cervix, the gatekeeper of your womb, into the base of your womb and the earth element, holding the gifts of security, safety, roots, foundations, nourishment, and abundance. Breathing into your beautiful earth womb portal and chanting the sacred sound Aduma to activate these gifts. Inhale. Aduma. 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 Beautiful. And then bringing your awareness to the right side of your womb and the right ovary and the gifts of the solar essence, the sacred masculine, creativity, passion, action, warmth. Breathing into your right ovary and chanting the sacred sound, Hera Hom, to activate these gifts. Inhale. Hera Hom. 
Hera home. Hera home. Beautiful. And then bringing your awareness to the top of your womb, to the celestial womb, to the sacred womb portal of the air element, holding the gifts of purity, inspiration, freedom, expansion, truth, conception, your connection to your guides and your angels, breathing into the top of your womb and chanting the sacred sound, Elura, to activate these gifts. Inhale, Elura, Elura, Elura. Beautiful. And then bringing your awareness to the left side of your womb and the left ovary and the gifts of the lunar essence, the sacred feminine the receiving, flowing, allowing, your needs, your dreams, your intuition, your feelings. Breathing into the left ovary and chanting the sacred sound, Wa Luna, to activate these gifts. Inhale, Wa Luna, Wa Luna, Wa Luna. Beautiful. And then finally, bringing your awareness into the center of your womb, into the cosmic womb where you hold the cosmic codes of all creation, the blueprint of the cosmic womb inside your womb and the gifts of oneness, bliss, love. Breathing into the center of your womb and visualize a beautiful cosmic rose opening her petals in the radiant cosmic light. Visualizing this beautiful rose within your womb space. And now see yourself sitting inside this rose. And here you are sovereign. You are sitting inside your sacred womanhood womb temple. You are the maiden goddess. The mother goddess. The queen goddess and the crone goddess. And as you sit inside this beautiful cosmic rose inside your womb, you look down at your lap and see a beautiful ruby pulsing with Shakti life force. It is multifaceted and one of the facets opens and you feel drawn inside. Inside this beautiful ruby 
we stand at the top of a spiral candlelit stairwell and you journey down step by step spiraling all the way down and at the bottom of this stairwell is a shimmering rainbow doorway you pass through the doorway and enter your womb garden. Is it the womb garden of spring or summer, perhaps autumn or winter? Start to feel the magic of your womb garden as you move through your womb garden. Notice what is growing inside your womb garden. What is blossoming, what is fruiting? What are the jewels of your womb garden? Are there any areas of your womb garden that need tending? That feel or look dry, parched, in need of some love? sacred animals, beings of light? Is there music playing? Are there bodies of water? And as you move through your womb garden, just absorb through your senses the living matrix of your womb garden. journey deeper into the center of your womb garden, you see in the center a beautiful tree of life. Looking at the branches, is it spring, summer, autumn, winter? You sit among the roots of this beautiful tree of life and lean your back against the trunk of the tree and feel the support and ancient wisdom of this tree. And as you look down among the roots, you see a beautiful glass bottle. You reach down and pick up this beautiful glass bottle. This bottle holds a magical elixir, the exact balm that you are seeking, a gift of healing from your womb. As you hold the bottle, you feel what are the three key ingredients of this beautiful healing balm and elixir. Perhaps you see a label with three words written on it, or maybe you just feel. What are the three key ingredients of this balm? And gently you take the cork from the bottle and you drink this healing elixir and feel it rippling down your throat and into every cell of your body. Feel every cell of your body lighting up, encoded with light 
with healing from this magical elixir and feel the qualities, those three words, those three feelings being infused into every cell of your body, every organ, every limb. of life in the center of your womb, back through your womb garden, noticing if anything has changed and feels different, and then back through the rainbow doorway, spiraling up the stairwell, back through the ruby, and back into the center of your womb, back into your body. And then just gently breathing back into your body, become aware of all parts of yourself back in this time, space coordinate back in your body, breathing down your arms, allow the breath to move your fingers, breathing down your legs, allow the breath to move your toes. and bringing yourself fully back in. Beautiful, thank you. Wow, I'm very spaced out, that was beautiful. You might be in a, in a quite, what we call a lunar consciousness. Oh, now. absolutely. <laughs> Maybe to go and journal with that, mm. go and be with that. Perhaps if you need to go and do the things, go and get grounded, take your, your shoes off, go and get on the earth, go and hug a tree and drink lots of water. Mm. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, that was amazing, uh, beautiful. Such, uh, such a sacred medicine that you share and your journeys are just amazing. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Sissy. Wow. Real pleasure to share that with you all yeah yeah it's been extraordinary to connect with you and thank you so much for for answering that call for daring to 
make that change even though you, as you said you felt frozen as you made that initial big shift um, and it took you about a year and it was around the time of your last bleed and you were moving through the menopause portal but here you are sharing this now it's extraordinary so thank you thank you Deb. i'm back on my broomstick there's no stopping me now <laughs> exactly exactly wow no it's been it's been amazing it really mm. has i'm still taken it's gonna take me a little while to process i will journal definitely i went yeah. really really deep uh, with that one wow. yeah thank you mm. thank you so much sissy really it's been beautiful if you want to find out more about Debs and her courses, then visit divapathways.com. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye.